This is Movies, a podcast by the Active Cinema. With me today is this fucking nerd. Yeah. How are you doing? Hello. Good. I'm really, I don't know if you can tell, but I have a horrendous sunburn. I, uh, yeah. I went to the beach on Saturday. I saw and you saw I... some camels or something walking along the beach. No, that's a horse. That's, that's what a horse looks like. I know you're I saw in Boston there. And... No, uh, I forgot to put uh, sunscreen on because I was like, I'll just hang out under this umbrella all day. And then I had a couple of beers in and I was like, maybe I would just go in the sun. And I have very red, like a T, like a backwards T here. And then two big sunglasses that are not tan at all. And then just very roasty cheeks. I don't know if you can see that. So I'm very yeah, I raggedy handsy today. I thought you showed up drunk for the show. Yeah. <laughs> no, no not well, that's that's great. Uh, you know who knows something about uh, skin tans is Nick Aldershaw back with us on the show here, and he's brought his cat. Nick, you are on mute, of course, so you'll have to undo that. Uh, Nick, how are you doing? I'm good, man. I didn't realize my cat was in the shot. Yeah, man, I'm good. I do know a lot about skin tans. I I I think it uh, it suits me to talk about it. I, I identified a lot with the protagonist of the movie we're going to talk about. I was like, it's nice to see myself. Oh yeah, oh yeah, right. Well, uh, I was misled because I thought the protagonist of the film was going to be Brad Pitt. I thought, oh, he's doing his Aldo Rain thing again. That's cute. There's so many references to Quentin Tarantino and everything else in this movie we're going to be discussing tonight, which is Babylon, Damien Chazelle's new joint, the fourth film from Damien Chazelle. Uh, I, I have, uh, you know, stated on this podcast, I'm not a fan of this movie. I don't like this movie. Nick, you are one of the early people to say, no, wait, this movie's not bad. There's something to this movie. Now, that's become kind of a contrarian take in the past couple of weeks, so I don't want to get it confused that you're on that train. When I saw you saying that before, many other people. I saw that on Letterboxd. Yeah, I walked ago. out of the theater. I walked out of the theater like, I love that movie. But but yeah, I, now it's, it's, been, it's been funny to see everybody on Twitter start saying that too. Because I think, I think you're right. I think a lot of them don't mean it. Mm -hmm. I saw a couple of people where I'm like, I don't even believe that you watched it. But, uh, but yeah, now we'll get into it. Uh, what do you think about Damien Chazelle? I want to know both of you. Uh, how do you feel about Damien Chazelle? Because, Hans, I feel like you had a disparaging opinion of La La Land or something. I, th I think you stated that only Whiplash was his only good movie. Well, I've never, never ended up seeing La La Land. I had zero interest in watching. What is that? That's also like a two and a half hour movie, too, right? They're all two and a half hour movies. Yeah. I don't want to see the driver dancing. Why would I want to see that? Is that what happens? I don't, I don't know. No, he's a piano <laughs> player. I like uh, Whiplash a lot. Oh, all right. Well, being the pianist in pastel colors mm -hmm. doesn't seem appealing to me. So I haven't seen it, but I really like Whiplash still. Uh, the the uh, Grand, what is it, Grand Piano? Yeah, That's Grand Piano. He wrote movie. Grand Piano. Kind of he wrote 10 Cloverfield Lane. Oh, I forgot that he wrote oh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. I Grand Piano is another one where it's like it's like it's I don't know. I wasn't bored, mm -hmm. but I can see why he's like I think he's like said he's not proud of that movie like publicly. Like he regrets that that one got made. Well, he wrote a couple of different horror movies in that 2010 to 2015 period, which I think is like the actual like renaissance for the horror genre is you got a bunch of really decent to pretty good horror movies that were released that were made for like $30,000 right around that mumblecore era by some of those people. Um, and now you have all this prestigious shit. 
people whine that you know x and pearl didn't get nominated for academy awards things like that and damien chazelle kind of got his start there where he was doing screenwriting for movies like grand piano which was an elijah wood i think john cusack was also in that movie yeah. uh horror thriller he did a, a polish on 10 cloverfield lane i believe it was his final draft of that that wound up being made by whoever directed that movie dan Trachtenberg, or I think it might have been. Yeah, it know. is. Yeah, he did. He did the new uh, Predator movie too. I want, or the new Hellraiser. One of them. One of those bad Hulu movies. Mm -hmm. Oh no, he did Prey. He did Prey. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. he did do Prey. Okay. Didn't he also do that Invisible Man movie? No, no that, that was, was uh, Lee Winnell. Yeah. Oh right, right. Lee Winnell did Saw. Same person. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, that's that was very unfortunate uh before we even get to babylon though nick we got to talk about this flash trailer we got to talk about uh <laughs> yeah dude we got to talk about everything that's in that because I, I i don't know how i feel about it i like here's the thing with the flash trailer when i watched it i was like well i like all the components you have here but i don't know if i like how it's coming together and how it looks like i'm like i love michael keaton michael keaton's one of my favorite actors my favorite batman in the suit you know someone said it in the group it, it looks like a super bowl commercial it looks like uh like like he's selling tostitos like he's about to present like a chase debit card for you to sign up for you know it looks like one of those on star batman commercials from the early 2000s um and my big gripe with the michael keaton thing is they don't know how to light or frame people wearing these costumes anymore. I don't need to see all of that. That doesn't even it like even so if bad. even if that was Ben Affleck, that wouldn't look good. The more you see of the costume, the more details you can see, uh, the worse it's going to look. That you were watching the David Brent dance, Hans. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's something uh, that I wanted to reference about this movie about how about how. Whenever someone just starts dancing out of nowhere, I feel like I'm in that scene where he just starts dancing and and everyone's just uncomfortably watching him get more and more into it. And he's just there. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 I can hear the theme over it, dude. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that that's what that lady reminded me of in this movie. What's her name? Uh, Mar Margot Robbie? Mar yeah, 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 yeah. To um to but wait to to jump back to the flash really quick, uh, Lorez, I'm with you dude because I I have actually been kind of excited for the Flash, like on the drama surrounding Ezra Miller and whatever, uh, that person is doing has made it more into but like, the trailer itself kind of deflated all my excitement because here's my thing with it like I you know I'm excited to see Michael Keaton as Batman again. Mm -hmm. I don't really think that I need this like I wasn't expecting to see him like full-on like cg michael keaton like fighting bad guys i thought mm -hmm. he was going to be like an old like you know what i mean like i thought yeah. he'd be like a care like an auxiliary character kind of like advising the life i don't need to see michael keaton like uh springing into action That's yeah not really he's more active in the flash trailer at like 71 years old than he was in either of his two outings in the tim burton yeah. films he's suddenly got the same strength as ben affleck's batman where he's like picking up guys and slamming them down and he's you know it's just it doesn't look right and uh you know i'll see it i'm still i guess excited i i don't mean that word when i'm saying it i don't feel excitement i'm just kind of like i guess i gotta go to the theater for this um so he's but, not playing like a batman beyond role where he's just old and why that's what i thought it would be but it's it, it looks like he's just and i guess that's probably what he was doing in the fucking or i don't know maybe not like what would he have been doing in the batgirl movie 
that will never. The Batgirl movie it was apparently even less, where he wasn't even going to be like an advisory role. He was going to show up every so often and say, "Hey, you shouldn't be doing this, Batgirl. Don't do that, Batgirl." And then finally, at the end, it was going to be like, "All right, I guess you're a worthy partner, Batgirl." Ugh. Ugh. And then and then they're bringing back uh, like. Like they're like I guess I'm just so fucked up on like what the fuck this Flash movie is, which which, which does have me interested enough because like okay Michael Shannon's back, but then we're doing like like uh, what do you call her? Uh, uh, I can't think of what actor she Elliot whatever his name is the actor who's a guy Ooh. now Elliot no uh, Elliot Page. Page. Elliot Page, right? Yeah. We have Superman that looks Mohammed like Elliot Page. Page. What's her and name? And it's like, now? okay, right? It's Muhammad Page, right? Whatever it is. <laughs> right? So, like, we're bringing back Zod, but now we have, like, little, like, scrawny little short hair Superman. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this movie is. I know what this movie is because I've read every summary of every test screening, and I know the tweaks and how they've changed it. And who knows what it looks like now? But, um, you know, they're going to try and redo everything Zack Snyder did and fuck with it so then they can set up something new but now um i guess the ending that they had and the idea of where they were going to go is all gone because of james gunn being the new dc president right so right um here's what i'm hearing and i nick if you don't want to hear this th- i mean this is speculation no, no, it's okay it's okay tell me uh, originally, they were going to set it up so Michael Keaton was going to be the, the Batman of this universe, right? We know that he did the Batgirl movie and he was going to be in a couple of other things. He signed a contract. That's all getting washed away. That's done. Uh, obviously, Batgirl's never coming out because it'll interfere with him wanting to do Brave and the Bold or whatever. I think is that that lineup for the DC movies is so unexciting. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit, too, because we didn't really talk about it on the show. Um, And currently what the idea is, is that the Flash is going to go back to the current timeline or whatever it is. He's going to fix everything, go back, and it's going to turn out that he's not in the current timeline, right? He's not in the right dimension. He's actually in another dimension because they don't know what to do with Ezra Miller. So they're going to plop him in a different timeline. And who's going to pick him up from the courthouse? What Batman will pick him up from the courthouse? George Clooney. We'll pick him up from the court. So he's in. He's no. trapped in the Schumacher timeline for misbehaving. <laughs> uh, which, when I read that, I was like, God, I hope that happens. That would be, you know what? I kind of like that. That's so. Are they stupid? Are they giving great? Are, please tell me they're giving Chris O'Donnell a job where it's just not him. No, he's it still got be Val he, Kilmer. He, but <laughs> would you want to have Val the Kilmer. AI voice him like in Top Gun Maverick, where it doesn't sound yes. like him at all? No. No, I just have Batman have a hole in his suit that he has to press to yeah. speak. His voice is already... The, uh, he rolls already... in on the fucking bat scooter on the bat wheelchair. <laughs> but he's decorated like a Native American. With <laughs> 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 a bunch of mirrors and teal colors. Yeah. That would be oh, great. My, that is so fucking stupid. Because I thought it was going to... I thought initially Ben Affleck was... We were going to... The scene that I was excited for was I heard initially there was going to be a scene where we say Ben Affleck's Batman dies. Mm-hmm. We say goodbye to him and Michael Keaton. I, I, I mean, obviously Michael Keaton's been like dicked around so much at this point. I'm sure he doesn't want to be involved with like the DC shit, but I'm like, I wanted to see Ben Affleck's Batman like die for whatever reason. I, I want like, but in like a meaningful way, like I wanted to see that, but it looks like that's not happening anymore. Well, that was the original plan with 
Justice League, I guess, or or if they had continued that. And then I believe he was going to die in the Flash movie. I don't know if that's the case anymore. I feel right. like I feel like they left it open because Ben Affleck is so hot and cold about returning as Batman, you know. Um, and then I guess who's really dying now is I think Michael Keaton's dying and staying dead in the movie. I think they're just going to fucking Luke Skywalker him, and really? that'll be that. Yeah, I, he was supposed to obviously come back at the end and he was going to set up other films, but if he doesn't come back, then he's dead. So they're just going to sh- bring him back out to kill him. That sounds pretty horrible. That sounds pretty atrocious. I don't know. Hans, do you have any interest in, in The Flash or the DC slate that James Gunn announced? I feel like it was such a lethargic announcement, too. He's like, hey, guys. He showed up in his pajamas, just like faking all the excitement. Hey, guys, we got five movies planned for the next 10 years. Great. I I can't wait for Swamp Thing. <laughs> that cool. That's actually the one where I'm like, oh, that could be cool. Uh, everything else just... Brave in the World, I think they did well in that cartoon where it was just like a goofy, you know, uh, bringing a lot of B, C list characters into it so that I guess they'll get a little bit of exposure. I don't think that's needed, mm-hmm. even though what's it going to be him and his kid? Right? Yeah, so, so it's not even going to really be like 1950s Brave in the Bull comics. It's going to be the introduction of the Damian Wayne character that was created like 12 years ago. I can't believe they're doing another Aquaman movie. That's pretty funny. Uh, I want to see that Joker one just because of everything that we talked about and how it feels like it's a completely left turn pick mm-hmm. for the second movie. So I'm interested in that one. But everything oh, the, else the is... musical? Joker yeah. Folly. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's the only one uh, I think I'm looking forward to outside of The Flash, I guess. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't even really want to, like, I, I don't really care what Matt Reeves is doing with the Batman, honestly. Like, I could, I, I, I think the first movie was, oh, I've kind of soured on it as time has gone on. Like, if I never saw another one of those, I'd be fine. Every month I hate that movie a little bit more. <laughs> uh, I came out of it and I was like, yeah, that was, that was all right. You know what? That was not the worst Batman movie. You know, I'd probably give it like a high mid tier because they fucked up the end. But otherwise, you know, because I, I really loved the first like 40 minutes when you're in Taxi Driver, basically. Yeah, uh, sure. And then it ventures off into we want to correct this to be Batman the Animated Series. And that's where they really, uh, I think, messed up everything. And uh, yeah, my opinion of that only worsens. Yeah, this? I tried to I, I tried thought... to start it again and I like I turned it off like about a, about 40 minutes into it. I'm like, I, I don't have the patience to watch this again. I just saw this trailer. I had not seen it before. You guys, I didn't even know it was out. Who who who's that? <laughs> who's that supposed to be? Because that doesn't look like Keaton. It definitely doesn't look like Yeah, the no- something about the nose is too wide. Why do we need to see that? Why do we need to see up his mask and up his nose? It looks horrible. Also, the the stomach region on this outfit is soft rubber and like flappy. Did you? And he's like showing up and he puffs out his chest and it looks so weird and bad. I don't. Well, I don't reveal, know what they were thinking. Yeah, that reveal makes it look like his back is broken and something is like propping him up. Let me see if I can find it. Don't uh, play audio for the love no, of God. No, I'm not. I'm not. I just want to see when he shows up and Ezra pretends to be like there. Yeah, that. Like he looks yeah. like he's being like propped up. Well, it's because of the, like, it's because of the neck of the suit, right? Like it's like this was the whole. They even like make fun of this in the Dark Knight, but like they're using the original stiff neck Batman uh, cowl. He can't move in that. 
That was the problem with like the first five movies. I think the the actual thing here is that they are using that and they're using a different body. So it used to be just all like straight, like thick rubber. And this one's a little more flexible in the body, which is why the abdomen region, you know, it's not defined. It's just kind of like this flappy layer. You can't really see it here. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't mesh with the head. So uh, Hans, you might be able to see it when there's a more full body shot oh, of Michael Keaton as Batman. So it's not this one because he's going to come into a, a close up. But yeah, I, I have. But he uh, was oh, great. Yeah. But he was also like a skinny guy, right? When the first Batman came out, he was like a comedy guy. So it's not like he got super muscular and built to be Batman. So he wasn't that right. imposing. Yeah. And, and now that's weird because, you know, he's old. <laughs> he's old. So he's also not going to be ripped. But then he just doesn't look like. I don't know what my people also think that this is Christian Bale. That's the other thing that I've seen online. This one? Yeah, they uh, think that that bat cycle is Christian Bale. I mean, I don't. I think it, it's clearly Ben Affleck, but I've just seen people tweeting yeah. that. Uh, yeah, that does look like the Dark Knight, um, you know, it, uh, cycle that ejects from the Batmobile. But no, I'm I'm fairly confident that is Ben Affleck there. Oh, I uh, think I found the the one you were talking about. You found the you found the shot. People have just been posting screenshots all day of Michael. There you go. Oh. So as you can see, you have the chest, right? And it looks like it's stretching out the abdomen region, but that that is like a softer texture. It's not like a defined part of the suit. It's flexible. So yeah. it's like a t-shirt or something. <laughs> um, leather, leather daddy suit. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 what is that pose even? It, it just, it's not great. Little it's, Batman. It, it's making me concerned about this, but everyone at DC seems extremely confident about this movie being some great masterwork and it, it doesn't register to me as insincere like when they might be promoting aquaman 2 the lost right. kingdom or whatever the hell it might be or wonder woman 1984 whenever they're like this is a great movie they're like no this movie is amazing so if they keep saying that and it doesn't deliver that i mean how can you have any faith in james gunn and warner brothers i guess going forward but I don't know if it's really going to matter. You know, they're, they're doing a 10-year slate, but guess what? Guess what I learned the other day? Batman and Superman enter the public domain in 12 years. So unless they pull a Disney, right, and they start paying off politicians to try and, like, nudge it up like they did before, because I think it was originally the copyright law was 75 years, right. and then they made it 95 years because they didn't want to lose Mickey Mouse or whatever. Um, ba Superman is public domain in 2034, and Batman is public domain in 2035. And my suspicion here is that there's not really going to be a whole lot they can do about that, aside from try and create the most unique versions of those characters possible before you start seeing Winnie the Pooh blood and, what was it, blood and soil? <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, blood I don't know. Right, or something? <laughs> uh, you know, they're going to start making those movies, and it's got uh, cheap in the brand. You know, you're going to get a lot of Sherlock Holmes-style incarnations of that. Um, and, you know, you'll probably get, like, somebody who's Superman who isn't Clark Kent that only DC can have the rights to, you know, it'll be like a, uh, you know, a black billionaire Batman named Hans. What's his name? <clears throat> Go ahead. Take your time with that sip while you think up a name. Tyrone something. Tyrone. Yeah. He's just one name like Oprah. Uh, that's half, right. You got half, uh, so that, Tyrone that, will be Batman. In that universe, Batman is an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. Tyrone Winfried. That's his name. Uh, he will be on Shark Tank. Yeah. And, 
that's what you're going to see in the future. And I think that'll wind up killing the superhero genre for films anyway, or it'll dampen it. It'll make it more interesting. In my Something opinion. has to happen. I mean, I, I don't I, like, you know, I've been like more interested generally in what DC has been doing because I'm like, at least the movie's like, there's potential for them to be fucking crazy. That's still kind of what I'm hoping for with this Andy Machete flash is that mm-hmm. he'll he'll make a crazy movie like he did with it. Chapter two, like at the very least, it'll be baffling. Yeah, but I, I don't know. The, the, all the movies James Gunn and who's uh, Peter Saffron have announced. I'm like, nah, I don't care. I don't like like the Suicide Squad didn't do it for me. I didn't watch Peacemaker. I'm like, if you're the guy at the helm, I'm not. I'm kind of checked out. I think having him be that guy is a big mistake because he's good in a very like isolated section of all right. We are directing kind of funny superhero movie like mixed genre films. Helming an entire company and a slate of movies is such a not not a good idea for somebody like James Gunn. Um, I don't even know if it was really a good idea for Zack Snyder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you and you know you have to kind of be this sort of bland architect, I think, if you're going to keep things in line. And and I don't I don't know. I just don't think he's the right one for that. Uh, I will maybe check out that Superman movie. My interest in the Batman movie is f- extremely little. Um, I'm basically checked out. What is the entire slate, though? There's 10 projects in there. There are five movies and five TV shows. But I know, Hans, you had a problem with Viola Davis having her own TV show. Surprise, <laughs> yeah, surprise. Yeah, who wants to see that? Who wants to see that show? What's, her, what's the character's name? I'll watch the show. I'll Amanda buy the Blue Blu-ray of it. Yeah. yeah. I'll hang up a poster right behind me. <laughs> She's so hot. I love her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when's it, when's very... it, isn't there a fucking Batman show that's supposed to come out on HBO Max? There's a Penguin like, show. Is it about the penguin or is it just about like Gotham PD? It, it well, you know, I've heard mixed things. I I think it was supposed to be there was supposed to be a Gotham PD show originally, and then they just did away with the entire concept of it. Or maybe it was like a Gordon show, and then they turned it into Gotham oh. PD. I don't know. But the penguin show is yeah, they did. Well, didn't they do the first? The first show was that. Uh, fuck, what's, what's it called? Gotham with the bad Batman and like that. Oh, well, Joker. that was on that was on Fox, right? Like that was like, and then they they have that fucking they've got that show about the Alfred Pennyworth. Yeah, about like Pennyworth. How, like, and it's it's literally like you don't even see him be. It's like him in his twenties in the nineteen sixties. Mm-hmm. Like, there's yeah. nothing connecting it to Batman. Well, they just canceled that. So here's what they did: they did two oh, seasons no. of that. They called it Pennyworth, and people didn't even know it existed. It was on Epics. So yeah. that's never a good sign. And then they renamed it Pennyworth, the untold story of Batman's butler. Oh, good. And then they realized no one's watching this. Let's just cancel it. Let's get rid of it's it. It's also a terrible title. Explaining who the character is does not make it better. Hey, you want to see the the butler? The butler. <laughs> His adventures when he was young before he met Batman and anything interesting happened. Like- the thing that's weird, because like again, I don't know that much about comic book stuff, but somebody posted like the final scene from the series finale of uh Pennyworth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it ends with like a giant nuclear explosion, I guess, in London. And, and all the characters get like it's I don't know. I, I I didn't know what it was supposed to be, but then apparently the end of Pennyworth actually leads into V for Vendetta. Right. Not what that. some that was what people in the yeah, replies were. They were explaining that like this this is a prequel to Batman, but mainly a prequel to V for Vendetta, which I had no idea were connected at all. V for so Vendetta. So I don't know what the fuck is going on. I yeah I don't I don't understand. I mean that's technically DC. I don't. Maybe I got to watch Pennyworth. Now I'm kind of into into what that 
I don't know. But this all sucks. This is all terrible. Um, I think within here's here's also what I think, aside from the public domain thing, assuming that doesn't go through. Right. Assuming they they, you know, pay some people off and there's some trickery and you can't make your own Batman movie. Um, I think James Gunn slate is only going to get halfway. My feeling is. I, I don't trust that he's going to deliver a good product if that doesn't happen, if we wind up striking out on the first two movies. Uh, all that gets washed out. And my suspicion would be within 10 years, um, they would at least call Zack Snyder and be like, hey, you want to do something, uh, anything? Can you just make one, one, one thing for us? Could you do like Superboy? I don't know. Um, I, I think they'll wind up going back to the well at some point because that's the only thing that's generated legitimate hype for them um yeah it's it's weird how it's it's weird how scared they get like it's it's weird how many times that i mean they've changed course like five times mm -hmm. right maybe more like the fact that like you had like even like the fucking the superman cameo at the end of uh the the new i didn't see it but i know he's in black adam right which is so funny to think that like what four years ago he's like there's a superman cameo at the end of fucking shazam but they can't put his head in it because they just didn't know where, like, what fucking branch they, you know, what, what road they were gonna take going forward, and the fact that they're like willing to like movie by movie reassess their entire slate. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he's gonna get one or two movies in, and they'll be like, no, fuck this. I can't Basically, they don't just stop. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think there's something almost charming about how much of a mess the Zack Snyder timeline or Nax, Zack Snyder adjacent like films have wound up being. Just anything not helmed by him is like loosely connected, but it doesn't feel anything at all like it. I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen Black Adam either. It seems like everybody is out to get Henry Cavill for some reason. Yeah, I, I have, I have no clue why what he did. He's a gamer. When, it's yeah, it's yeah. because he's a gamer. <laughs> uh the most uh press category of people gamers um yeah i don't know but we'll save the dc talk for for maybe when one of these films wind up dropping soon hopefully the flash doesn't get delayed for another three years we'll see uh we are going to be talking about however one of the biggest movies of 2022 a movie that surprised a lot of people uh in a distasteful way myself included we're talking about babylon now that we're 37 minutes into this show uh, all right, Babylon. Hans, you did finish Babylon. I want to know what your initial impression of this film is. Why is it so long? It's my first <laughs> one. <laughs> Why? Why do I need three and a half hours? No, three hours. What is it? Almost three, three hours, and a half nine hours. minutes, I think. Yeah. Uh, in the story, that's what the story of three characters, two of them just end the story of screen and then the other character cries in the movie theater three hours and nine minutes and that's the resolution that you give me i was very unsatisfied by the end i think uh the things that i liked are things that i don't know if i was supposed to like like everything that was graphic that seemed out of place like the diarrhea scene at the beginning is how this movie starts, which I was not expecting at all. No, I wasn't expecting that... that either. I was really confused. I thought, oh, that's what this movie's gonna be. All right. I, I mean, I, th I thought it was kind of funny-ish, you know. So well, I, 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 I guess I wasn't. Ex maybe I need to see La La Land to get more familiar with Damien Chazelle. I didn't know that his yeah, style was. So was... Yeah, you La need La to La see Land. the diarrhea scene in La La Land. <laughs> yeah, the, the prostitute. Uh, 
hitting on a man scene which was also within the first minute i think or two of this movie when we see that fat man that kills a cross i i just i i thought this was going to be a movie about movies and and i got a lot of weird things like that out of place that made me confused about the tone or what he was trying to do at the end well what are you talking about it is a movie about movies didn't you see like four james cameron films in that montage at the end there's like 12 films and four of them are james cameron movies <laughs> uh nick what what did you like about this movie i am um, very puzzled hey well it's funny i would i would be willing to bet i'm more interested i'll, I'll respond to you guys especially when you go off on it because i'd be willing to bet there's overlap in what i liked and what you guys didn't like i saw it in the theater i saw it at the fuck i was home for christmas so i like saw it at the mall this local mall in annapolis and i man i don't know i just really enjoyed it it's i i was sitting in a theater enjoying a bunch of things i do not see in movies anymore but one of like it kind of feels like a paul thomas anderson movie and a fairly brothers movie and like 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 it's a it's a weird blending of styles and genres i was i was sitting in the theater like this movie has shit piss vomit by the time Margot Robbie is like projectile vomiting in that party, I'm just like, it's been so long since I've like sat in a theater and just enjoyed a gross out comedy. Um, so like, I think that like my pleasures were very like base in that regard. But but I also think there's like an interesting. It depends on I guess it depends on how you think Damien Chazelle feels about the material. Like I didn't get the read as I was watching it that he is particularly like reverent for any of these things like i've seen a lot of people cite that gene smart monologue as like the movie being like really up its own ass um you know the one i'm talking about right where she's like you know 100 years from now uh they'll they'll people you'll be long dead but kids will put your film in a projector and you'll live um i didn't think that like you were supposed to i don't i don't think that the movie is saying that she's right i think the movie is saying that she's wrong uh i think the movie is kind of saying that like that mentality is is a lie that people tell themselves to like convince themselves that the work they're doing is worth it when in reality they just they're doing this at their own detriment because they love it and they can't help themselves um and i also felt like there was an interesting like meta thing like as i was watching it uh it feels like he knows they're not gonna let him make another movie after this and he's kind of like walking away the same way all the characters in the movie eventually walk away but i don't know yeah, he, he definitely has a vibe about it where this is kind of like his uh, his Magnolia or his Heaven's Gate, his big movie that he'll be able to get away with and do that he probably won't be allowed to do in the future. Mm -hmm. um, you know, what, what's his name? David Robert Mitchell did that with Under the Silver Lake and then immediately disappeared and was never heard from again. Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, he's, yeah, he murdered him. <laughs> Um, you know, so I, I don't know. I kind of appreciate the ambitiousness of it, but I don't like the, the contents of it. I, I, the, the things about it that I dislike are relatively surface level and things you really have to like check at the door if you're going to enjoy or invest in this movie. Like, for example, every character not behaving like it's the 1920s, every character behaving like they're Gen Z or millennials, you know, um, and all the way that people talk, the way that people interact, uh, their social reports, uh, it, it all bothered me. Like the, the um, you know, the grossness of it, I thought was just so over to the top to a degree where it was like, uh, Damien Chazelle feels like a guy who's never been to like a real Hollywood party before. And you can see that with like 
the Tobey Maguire scene. And Tobey Maguire is probably the, my favorite part of this movie. I think he's great. Uh, yeah. I love that he's telling retard and midget jokes in his <laughs> his six minutes of the film. Um, but like his little shocking, like, oh, you have to come down to this basement. You'll see something crazy. Like, and it's just like some nerd eating fucking chicken heads. Like, come on, give me some, <laughs> give me something of substance here. Like, uh. so it, it all just like didn't do it for me. And you know, I it has Eric Roberts in it. I love Eric mm -hmm. Roberts. Who doesn't love Eric Roberts? Uh, it has a very obscure actor, but he was a Survivor contestant, a guy named Shane Powers, most entertaining Survivor contestant. He was going through nicotine withdrawal, and everybody fucking hated him. Uh, he's in the movie for some reason. Um, unfortunately, though, this is just not my cup of tea. And, you know, I thought maybe if I go back to it, something will change. Something will be different. And so far, the answer is no. Nothing has changed for me. I, I was able to tolerate it maybe a little bit more because I had my expectations in place for what I was about to sit down and watch. Cause I thought, all right, well, you know, it's three hours. It's got actors that I, I, I enjoy. Um, but I think all the tongue in cheek references to Tarantino and, and PTA and everybody like that, where it's like him trying to like join that club fall flat for me and, and just ring hollow. I don't like his little Aldo rain reference at the beginning. I don't like that. It feels like a, a 1920s, 1930s version of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that doesn't really stick. I don't know. And it made me wonder, like, did Damien Chazelle use up all his juice in his first two movies? Because I didn't really like First Man either. And I don't think First Man's bad. I just thought it was boring. I just thought it was dull. It didn't do it for me the same way that uh, Whiplash and La La Land did it. So, yeah, I guess I, I all my reasons, you were correct. Uh, are basically <laughs> why I hate the movie, but you enjoy it. Well, I mean, so did, would you say that like it's because it's funny because it's a it's a movie that's almost like baiting like older people to go see it. Like I got back mm -hmm. from the from the showing, and uh, I was my grandma was around because it was Christmas, and and I was like I just saw Babylon. She was like, oh, I want to see that. I was like, don't. I was Ooh. like, I was like, you will hate it. <laughs> you will not like it. But but you're but you're right because it kind of promises like oh yeah the glitz and glamour of old Hollywood. But th but I think that's again that's something that I like about when in our theater I think uh, around like the ninety minute mark like half of the theater walked out and my my friend Keith who I saw it with uh, just leaned over to me and he goes I fucking love this movie man <laughs> <laughs> but but like um do, so the movie is like entirely like unsuccessful for you because I agree that like I had a point in the first third of the movie where i thought if it tries to sustain this energy i'm gonna be annoyed and overwhelmed but mm. then i felt like in the second act it becomes a more conventional movie for a while and actually yeah. has like a you know the sequence where they're shooting in sound for the first time um i would be curious to show that to people like isolated and see what they think of it because i feel like that's a pretty successful sequence but i don't know maybe maybe you guys might not agree I don't think it's as obnoxious as what you get in the first half hour, but I, my thing really is that I don't know if it really straightens itself out and becomes something that is worth enduring for the three hours. Um, by the time you get through that, once the party ends and you're kind of going off and you're really getting introduced to these characters, uh, and certainly where it winds up, as Hans, you were kind of getting at before you seem disappointed that it ends in a theater with an old version of the protagonist weeping. Uh, you were also about to say something. You were going to chime in there before I spoke up. Go ahead. 
Well, I, I just wanted to go back to the point uh, you made about uh, Once Upon a Time, uh, because it feels like it wants to be that movie, but they don't let him be that movie because he doesn't push hard enough. So, uh, and that, that might be why I, I mostly didn't like it because I, I couldn't tell what he was trying to do. Is he trying to do or make fun of the old movies and the way that they, they, they would make movies or... Is he trying to do like a shocking, like modernized version of what that? And, and it's not a documentary, so obviously it's not going to show exactly how it was. But I feel like it, it has a little bit of an air of uh, we're going to tell you the story of how this actually happened, but then none of it feels honest. I, I guess like it, I I couldn't tell the 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 tone between oh I'm I'm learning about the history of film, and at the same time it's like it's not really focusing on anyone. So do we really know who we're supposed to follow for most of, most of the movie? Because you have the Brad Pitt character, you have the Margot Robbie character, and you have this Mexican guy, right? And then uh, for like 20 minutes, we follow the, the trumpet player, but we don't really go anywhere with him. Uh, and I feel like more than, than a complete movie, it kind of feels like vignettes of different characters that go through those years, but nothing that really pulled me happens to any of them other than you know the the brad pitt character who becomes unsuccessful i guess uh because he doesn't know how to deliver his lines i thought that's i don't know if that's the scene that you were talking about i thought that was really funny uh and it, that actually really worked with me because i had never thought about how you know the transition between silent to then speaking and how they have to think about how to deliver lines and everything that that was interesting to me or that 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 had me there for a second but I just don't think that the movie knew what it was trying to do. So it would jump from that to then something that was supposed to be funny or gross and then like a sad moment. But then that sad moment didn't last because this girl is either high or or wants to dance or wants to be obnoxious. And then it's like, oh, but this poor Mexican boy is in love with her. So we have to feel for this poor Mexican boy. But wait, but no, but then she leaves and then she comes back and then so... It was just a, a lot that, and none of it went far enough for me to care. So it felt like, okay, so there's four or three stories and there are a couple of minor ones. And then also at the end when, oh, we're back at the party now and she's again dancing like the beginning. Like I thought he was going to pull out, uh, this was all a dream and I was about to throw something on my TV. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, when he went back and, and he started remembering the party or when he saw her dance or whatever. But yeah, I think that that's my, my biggest problem that um, it just doesn't go far enough on anything that it tries to do. So then he just kind of feels like a shallow effort to do, I, I don't know what. Well, I well, we have we can only pray that he releases a five hour cut, right, Hans? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Chazelle cut. We see more. Uh, to to the Tobey Maguire point too. I think the biggest strength of this movie is the odd side characters that he introduced. Because I I love Rory Scovel in this, and I wish he oh, would yeah. get. I wish he would get uh, any job that Jimmy Simpson is not getting because I think he's perfect to play that exact character that Jimmy Simpson plays always where he's kind of creepy but unthreatening. Uh, I think he was great in that. Ethan Supley was really good. It was just that a big, creepy ball guy that would spit every 30 seconds. Uh, so that, uh, every time someone new, um, 
would pop up and it was a recognizable face. I think he, he did a really good job as, at bringing them into the story and making those characters seem more interesting than our, role, than our main roles. Because I wanted to see more of that Tony Maguire guy. Don't really see much of him. Uh, the Rory Scoble, that that whole scene with the fake money and everything, I thought that was more interesting than what we saw from, you know, her, mm-hmm. where she, oh, she can cry in command. Let's repeat this for 15 Let minutes. me ask you something. Do you think this is the end of the line for Margot Robbie? Uh, I think it's been... I don't think this is... Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe she'll start doing more... Well, no, because she tried that. She did that, that Tonya, Tonya Harding. She did I, Tonya. You know what yeah. they're pushing on HBO Max right now? I went... I logged on there to go watch ER before the show today. And uh, they were pushing Birds of Prey, which everyone completely forgot about. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, it, it wasn't even that bad. It was just not necessary. It was not a needed movie, and it flopped. She's had so many bombs in a row now. Um, but people, I, there's generally like a warm sentiment towards her as an actress. But now also, like, you have this Joker movie where Lady Gaga might be playing the one role that's like security for her. I don't know. Where, where could she go? Again, she's done a lot of different. She's done the superhero stuff already. She did the Oscar bait thing already. Amsterdam and Babylon for the longest time I thought were the same movie. I guess they're not. Nick, uh, did you see Amsterdam? No, I, I I know people who liked it, but I, I didn't see it. I heard I, I'm not really a very big David O. Russell fan. Nobody's really a big David O. Russell <laughs> fan these days. Um, I didn't mind Amsterdam. I thought there was uh, more good to it than than not, but there are certain things that come up at the end that really, I think. I heard about. I think I heard about what you're talking about. Yeah, I I don't know. It, it just doesn't work out for me in the end. And I don't think he's a bad director or anything. I don't know if um, his films are really for me, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Amsterdam's just kind of a lukewarm three out of five, as far as I, I'm concerned. I, I am this is a this is a digression, but I am obsessed with. I need to see this movie that he took his name off of. I was just looking this up the other oh, day. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a Jake Gyllenhaal. Like it's got a star-studded cast. I know exactly what you're talking about. The name of it is escaping me at the um, moment. Accidental Love, and it and it, it. I mean, it just looks like a fucking studio rom-com. Like like you would never know that he directed it. Uh, and I don't know how how far into the project he left, but I really want to see it. Hans, you want to pull up the trailer to that real quick? So apparently he took his name off it, and then um, there was a company that still owned it, and they decided to release it. They changed the title. Um, is he – he might be credited as, like, Alan Smithy or something on some version of it. Stephen but... Green, I think. Stephen Green. Okay. Yeah. yeah, let's. I'm curious to take a look at this trailer. I have a feeling – I've seen it before, maybe, like, five or ten years ago, and it looked like a wacky rom Like, the way that they framed it seemed very not David O. Russell. And he also – it was also clearly shot in, like, 2007 or so. Like, it looks – for a 2015 movie, it looks really dated. Mm-hmm. All right, we are checking out the trailer here to Accidental Love 2015. Jake Gyllenhaal, Jessica Biel, Rotten Tomatoes trailers. I will never forget the first day you skated up to my motorcycle. For richer or poorer. Hey, he's your favorite, James Martin. <laughs> in sickness and in health. I guess I will marry you. Deep in the left front lobe. 
Or she could be brain damaged for life. Is that Bill Hader? No Uh-oh. Hold on. My speakers are sad. Could you still hear it? Yeah, we can we still can, hear, I can hear it. You, I, I can't even hear it. The nail could actually cause her moments of wrath, rage, anger. Uh-oh, Hans, I think, oh, no. I think it's killing Hans's connection here. Is this Brazilian internet that we're dealing with? I guess so. Oh, well, we still got the trailer. We just lost Hans. Did you just exchange her engagement ring for a chicken foot? Congressman Birdwell, I'm from your district. Yes. I saw you on TV. You were great. It's, oh, this is Beverly D'Angelo from National Lampoon's Vacation. I came to see you because I want to help people that have weird conditions that they can't afford to fix. Alice, what's up? Hi, Alice. Tracy Morgan. Yikes. I guess that's healthcare. Oh. So what? The movie's just she's retarded. That's what it is. One brief hallway conversation, you agreed on all that. Alice is on TV. She's amazing. And she has a damaged head. That's your brain, you know. I might still be in love with her. Call me though, because I don't know how this is gonna turn out. This woman put a nail through my heart. Jay, there he is. That's unfortunate. I mean, I knew he was on hard times when he was doing like CBS uh, family dramas, but well, that looks like a piece of shit. I'd watch that fucking movie though. I'll throw that on, dude. That feels very like Walmart, uh, 2008, eight dollar DVD. Yeah, it's it's on a DVD with five other movies. Mm -hmm. You know what that feels like? Remember that movie that uh, Randall from Clerks made? I think it's called Now You Know or something like that, where he has a couple of recognizable names, but it's just like a, a whatever. I've never film. watched that movie. Have you watched Now You Know? Yeah, I think that's what it was called. Why would you choose to watch that? <laughs> Listen. Should I do an episode of movies on Now You Know? Should we do Now You Watch know? it? Uh, I I might have it on DVD. I'm not even. Wow, aware. you're a fan. Uh, yeah, I have no interest in that. I have no interest in ever doing like a David O. Russell retrospective. I don't think his work is. I don't. His films kind of blend together. He, you know? yeah, he he had two movies that I thought were actually kind of good in the '90s. I thought, flirting with disaster is 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 kind of enjoyable. And obviously, like, Three Kings is, like, his one really good movie. In my opinion, at least, his one really good movie. And everything after that is, like, completely disposable. I mean, like, I Heart Huckabees was just, like... It, I mean, it's embarrassing how much he's just, like, trying to make a Wes Anderson movie in that movie. Uh, I, you know, I haven't seen Three Kings in a while. I feel like I watched it on TNT back in, like, 2004 or something. That's my... It, it my starts... It starts stronger than it ends. Like it, like it, when it starts out, you're like, "Oh shit, this movie's gonna be really good." And then it kind of, it doesn't really stick the landing. It becomes a much simpler movie than the movie that it starts out being. But it's, but it's still probably his best work. I just love all the behind the scenes details about how George Clooney was trying to fight him or something. And Mark, <laughs> it wasn't Mark Wahlberg. It wasn't Ice Cube. It was George Clooney who started throwing fists at David O. Russell. Yeah, it's That's funny that. Good. Like he has the reputation of almost like a David Fincher or like a Stanley Kubrick in like the in like the the tumultuous relationship he has with his actors, but like his movies are like fine. They're like mm -hmm. six out of ten. Yeah. 
Well, I, we've all probably seen the clip of him like yelling at Lily Tomlin, I think, behind yeah. the scenes on, what was it, I Heart Huckabees? Yes. That clip is still pretty gold. Hans, you want to play that? by any chance you want to just why well, if it's going to sacrifice your internet though then fuck it no, it's but, fine. it was my uh, fucking yeah bluetooth uh mm -hmm. your bluetooth yeah i i feel like we i i don't know how this hasn't happened really since especially with all the cancellations and whatnot is no more leaked footage of actors or filmmakers uh throwing tantrums behind the scenes seemed like 2005 to 2008 was a great heyday for that between Christian oh, yeah. Bale and David O. Russell. And I feel like there was a few other people. Alec Baldwin maybe got outed around that time with voicemails. Mel Gibson did. You know, people were really throwing actors under the bus. All right. So this is, yeah, this is. Is that around the, is that around <laughs> the time of, uh, of uh, Mel Gibson's uh our, our award by a pack of N. Yep. Is that? Okay. Yeah, that was around 2004 to 2007. I deserve to be blown. Right. Shut, yeah. That time, the David veins. O. Russell called Lily Tomlin a cunt, period. Okay. This is from Vundacast Productions. I'm desk. Okay. You were looking, you were planning. Right, take a beat and preset. You can put the fucking thing down. You can put the folder down for a second. To, well, to use both hands. Yeah, and take your legs off the I desk and a whole bunch of other stuff. Says you gotta keep it, you can take your legs down. We can find you. Okay, for Christ's sake, let's just take it one fucking line at a time. Instead of changing everything, as we, it's very difficult to even create what you're going to do when it's constant a barrage of change this, change this, do this, do this. No, wait, wait, do it a different way, do it a different way. Don't get me started. Uh, Loris, what would you do if I, that's how I was treating you on set when we were doing <laughs> <laughs> so like after every change? <laughs> every change, you'd just be like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll do that. All right. <laughs> okay, so I'm just saying, let's just, you know, it's impossible. One actor's doing one thing, another actor's doing another, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not, as, I'm not as brilliant as you. I can't uh, keep up with you. No, but we're being very efficient. We're being very efficient? It was very Eva behavior when you put up your feet on the dashboard of the car, Hans, and started giving me attitude. <laughs> Hans, I do want to say just really quick, I love that you typed I heard Huckabees in your accent. <laughs> <laughs> wow let's rehearse i couldn't understand you no it's not the first time hey that sounds like he's being nice right fuck you i'm just trying to fucking help you do you understand me <laughs> no, no, no. i need a fucking collaborator i'm just trying to help you figure out here, here. the fucking picture hey bitch oh. i'm not here to be fucking yelled at i worked on this fucking thing for three fucking years knocked out some fucking Oh, she's afraid. She flinched. You see? Next thing we know, he's gonna throw a Dunkin' Donuts coffee at the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Wow, he came over to the side door. In from, it, from the fucking door, God, and it's like it, again, like 
what's amazing about this is like they're not making the shining they're mm. making fucking i heart huckabees like that's what's so beautiful about this uh we have 15 seconds left him yelling at her Wow, so, that was terrific. Oh, Amy Adams opens up about Billy. So, okay, so he has it. He's he is still doing this. That's yeah, that's nice to know at least uh, that somebody's willing to put an actor in their place. Yeah, what were you gonna say, more Shelley, more Shelley Duvall's should exist where <laughs> you know they completely ruined their entire life by being <laughs> traumatized with 300 takes of you thinking you're gonna get murdered you know you I, yeah. she's in a she's in a new horror movie i did see that they, and they're doing they, all this this bts like they're not exploiting her they're like and and so they're doing this like bts where they're interviewing her like asking her not even about the movie that they're shooting but what it was like to work with stanley kubrick and she's just like <sighs> She's just like sitting in a car that she's clearly living in. It's just, it's just like her, behind her is just like a mountain of fucking like McDonald's bags and trash that she clearly thinks is important that she's collected. And she's just like answering the questions of this director like through the roll down window of her car. It's so fucking tragic. That's terrible. I, I, I don't know if I even don't pull that up, Hans. I, no, I, no, I'll no, watch it's, that. no. It's, it's not. Yeah, watch it privately. It's sad, but it's just like, oh my god, this woman. That sounds atrocious. You know, I learned something recently about The Shining. You know, people always like to point out how, you know, Shelley Duvall got a raw deal. But he made Scatman Crothers do one take with Danny where he was eating ice cream with him and talking about The Shine or whatever. He did that 175 times, and they only stopped when Scatman Crothers started to cry. He made Scatman Crothers cry with how many takes he was. Like, Scatman Crothers is an 80-year-old man on that film. Uh, he started to cry, and they said, no more, Stanley, no more. <laughs> and that was it. And this is like on the commentary of The Shining. That's like the fucking, the dude who invented the Steadicam, telling stories like that. So that was just a regular day on The Shining. Um, that movie yeah. has uh, Edward Furlong, too, looking like Brian Peppers. <laughs> He's in he the movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, in the new, yes, in the new horror movie. Yeah. We, all right, yeah. let's take a look at at least Edward Furlong. I would love to get Edward Furlong for something. There he is. Yes. Damn. Did you see the texture of his skin in that shot? That's that's really rough stuff. Um, Shelly DeBow, Edward Furlong. There she is. Else? So did, did they shoot this like they did? Uh, what is that? Sid High movie, the last one where he's just in the room dying and yeah, that... I wonder. That's a green screen backdrop. Oh man, that's okay. Yeah, this looks. I'm especially proud of my brother right here, Rico. Focus is this, man. I'll tell you what. I don't want to badmouth him because we should get him for some. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I, I like. God bless him, man. Yeah. I, I I like have this weird thing with Edward for, for long. I love to watch uh like, 
you know like youtubers who like ambush him at conventions and like ask him questions because he is so like refreshingly candid mm-hmm. like they like this one kid asks him like so ed how, what, you know why were you in a lot of movies in the past 10 years and he's like i don't know man i was doing heroin <laughs> like, <laughs> he seems edward verlong's honestly seems like a fucking good hang he seems pretty cool yeah i i have a feeling he's He's someone who is probably very fun to be around on these movie sets, especially because he knows what he's signing up for. He doesn't seem like he's under any illusion of what his, why he's there, what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I wonder how he feels about Ron Jeremy being courted to a uh, mental institution this week. Did you hear what? about this? Yeah. No. They said, yeah, he's a rapist, but you know, he's also gone. Like his head does not work right at all. So we're just going to put him in, arkham asylum so um, <laughs> and he looks really creepy now he's just like a full gray beard to hair kind of like the guy in this movie <clears throat> uh, this is not i'll say this this is not my story but I, I do have a ron jeremy story that happened to one of my friends when he was living out here um he was at the the, the short version of it is he was out all night doing coke mm-hmm. and he wound up at this bar in silver lake the bar was open all like the bar they let them stay there past when like the bar closed down but there were still a bunch of people there uh doing coke and around 4 30 ron jeremy walks through the front door and every bartender in the place just started shouting ron get the fuck out get the fuck out no you're not allowed to be here get the fuck out and ron jeremy turned around and left and that's the entirety of the ron jeremy story that feels like very uh, 1970s small town, like 2,000 people in, and the local pedophile just walks into the, the diner yes. or something, and everyone just starts like looking over their shoulder, and they're like, oh, you know, you're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to be within 200 feet of children. What um, a nightmare to be like the nurse that works at that institution where he just forgets that he's old, so he just walks around with a rod. <laughs> I think he's just in the seventies, <laughs> just trying to fuck anyone. He says, but he oh, looks like God. Stan Lee yeah. was bad. Imagine Ron. Yeah. Imagine being assigned to Ron Jeremy. Oh, Jesus! I, I'm sure they'll keep that like Hannibal Lecter get up on him the whole time, right? And <laughs> just put one on his crotch. Yeah, yeah. He tries to eat pussy through that thing. <laughs> they should. He should have been in Babylon. If Damien Chazelle really wanted to be subversive, he should have. I was Ron gonna Jeremy. say. The story, like that story, like and I'm like, oh, that's something that sounds like it's straight out of Babylon. Just mm-hmm. like I mean, like he, I, you know, he was definitely living like the kind of like depraved, excessive lifestyle that that we saw in Babylon. Which, if I could just jump back to that really quick, there was a point I wanted to make. I don't. I think maybe why I liked it more than you guys. I at no point expected it to be accurate to the 20s. Like mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't expect to get that out of the movie. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't really interested in that. I, I, I did feel like it was more or less uh, a commentary on like modern Hollywood just through the the aesthetic of 1920s, uh, you know, the, the transition from from silent to sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I certainly expected something that was going to be authentic to that era. And uh, yeah, I, I, I just couldn't get past it. You know, I have a feeling that I'll warm to it in, uh, you know, a more significant way once I get to a point of being able to palette watching it again. Um, but for now, it's just, it's not, 
a favorite of mine. And I listen, I don't even think, I think I wound up putting it pretty close to the bottom of the list on my worst films of 2022 or something, but it's not even close. I mean, the production value alone kind of prevents it from being in that territory. And I don't think the performances are terrible, um, even if the movie itself is all over the place. But um, I don't know. It's just, it's just not one of the movies I think that that stood out and maybe should have and had all the potential to uh, when it comes to 2022. This kind of movie, a lot of a big narrative with this kind of movie is that oh wow, you know, this is one of the last types of this kind of movie you're going to be able to see in theaters, and that might be true. And I can appreciate that Damien Chazelle was maybe going for that. Um, but simply going for that, I don't feel is enough. I mean, you have to be, you have to land, you have to stick the landing. And I don't think he did that. And I don't know if it really warrants defending it based on that premise alone. Um, like I, I, I don't think just because this is another big bloated three hour boogie nights, Magnolia, et cetera, style epic, if this is really worth defending because oh you're going to lose all of the hollywood movies to come that are in this this uh lineage um i think if that's the case then you probably should have just made a better movie yeah i mean yeah, i think that's a silly argument to make because it's it's also not um it's not really that kind of movie it's too abrasive mm -hmm. it's intentionally abrasive i mean it, it does it does the movie does kind of feel like it knows it's tricking people with yeah. how vulgar it is. I mean, that the, the shot of the elephant shitting right up front kind of feels like him telling you, this probably isn't what you thought you were getting into. Which, you know, I mean, me, again, like I sat in the theater and kind of like enjoyed it more and more as more people left. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, that's just a mean, that, 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 that's a mean impulse on my part. But, uh, but well, but also Hans, to your point, the, uh, the the part that I was talking about, the transition to sound, it wasn't Brad Pitt fucking up his lines. It was her learning how to hit her mark in a in a when they're recording sound for the first oh, time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. I I really feel like that's a, like I really feel like that scene works. Like isolated, I, I thought it was. I really enjoyed watching that. With the sound well, guy going up and down the stairs. He, yeah, yeah, and then the and camera he, guy fucking dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hans, did you have any like warm feelings at all about this movie or maybe the performances in this movie? Uh, I, any warm feelings? Is that what you asked? Yeah, just a positive, any positive feeling at all about this movie. <laughs> uh, I really liked how Jeff Garland looks like Stutter and John now. Do you notice that? <laughs> Uh, I, I enjoyed Spike Jones. I thought it was great as playing that crazy German director. That was good. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's nice to see him pop in as a weirdo and something else. He's always enjoyable. I uh, thought good for Jeff Garland getting in on this movie before his cancellation on the Goldbergs. Because what? He shouted vagina in a woman's face. Yeah. <laughs> Someone said, hey, he made a vagina joke to the crew the other day. And it makes me feel uncomfortable. And it got back to him. And then he went up to the girl and grabbed her shoulders and said vagina. Like a <laughs> from her face. And they said, we're, fire we're killing your character off. No way, and that was dude. the end of the Goldbergs. That's why he's the star of the Goldbergs. Mm. It's that comedic impulse right there. Yeah, did you see the uh did you see the the disgusting like what's I guess I want to the palette is the word, just like gross gray looking CG like insert they had of him after mm. he left? 
No, I, I actually have not seen this. I knew that they were going to do a like a deep fake of him dying or something. There was going to be a ghost. I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I haven't heard anything uh, or seen anything as to what. No they did. way. That's not what they. they no, they, it, they it, it, it looks so bad. Over. It looks this... insanely bad. This... Yeah, no. <laughs> oh my God. He looks like Mr. Peanut or something. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Polar it's, Express. It's, it's amazing because he's not in the, the episode that from what I understand, he is not in that episode until they like cut to him in that shot. That's like the first time you see him at all. Wow. And That's now I think he's insane. off the show. That's crazy. That's if you think so back cool. to Sopranos. <laughs> Right when the mom died between oh, yeah. seasons, they still like spliced her face from like old clips onto somebody else, and they just did like a we're gonna play it and then we're gonna rewind it a little bit so we can extend the shot on her face and it looked fake. It didn't look real. Hans, maybe you can pull this up. It's it, it's awesome if you're binging the series because if you if you watch all the episodes together, you remember exactly what episodes they're pulling the clips from. Mm -hmm. It's so weird. The Sopranos mother looks better than that. His face looks weird and glazed in, in the clip that Hans just pulled up a second ago for our audio listeners. Uh, that is ghastly. I can't believe they would think to do that. I mean, but it, it does seem like in general, they just don't know what good CG looks like anymore. Did you see Avatar by any chance, Nick? No, I'll I'll watch that at some point. Why? But no, I, uh, I, I don't. I didn't like the first Avatar that much. Oh, you're saying why would I watch it? Yes, why would you watch it? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I probably won't. But I didn't want to be. If I didn't know if you guys liked Avatar, I didn't want to totally dismiss it. I lost I like 400 followers on Facebook because I said <laughs> Avatar Two was a piece of shit. I've never seen Avatar Two. I just have no intentions of watching it. <laughs> People really went went for it. I mean, they they got pissed off. That was the last straw for me, <laughs> for, for them. There you go. That looks better than that Jeff Garland, in my opinion. And this is clearly just, we're going to rotoscope her face onto someone else's body. In motion, it looks so fucked up, though. Yes, see? Yeah. Still not. But we're talking, good, what, but... 2003, maybe? Yeah, it's like yeah, 2003, it's... 2004. Yeah. The lighting's off. It's just, yeah, it's not, it doesn't work. Oh God, that <laughs> that looks pretty bad. That's awesome. Oh man, um, this poor woman. Her kids had to watch this. Uh, still better than Jeff Garland. I I stamp. Oh wow. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah, no, I I uh, I, I missed Avatar. I know, I know the only thing I know about it is like uh, it does the uh, it switches to forty eight frames per second for certain sequence, which I don't know. It's like shoot the whole movie at that frame rate, or just do those sequences at twenty four. I don't understand upping the frame rate for specific sequences. Mm -hmm. I, I yeah. I don't yeah I, I don't understand that either. I know that was the big thing with the Hobbit originally, and people well, were but the just... whole thing was forty eight. The Hobbit. Right. At the very least, it was consistent. Mm -hmm. But people didn't take to that. People were repulsed mm -hmm. by that or something. I think they were puking in the theater, puking on, on their laps as they were watching <laughs> the movie. It was too you know, quick. I don't believe that because every fucking person's house that I go to now, they have uh, fucking motion flow turned on their HD. Everything looks like the fucking Hobbit now, and people don't see it. That was the case. See, I, when I would go to like my relative's house for a cookout or something, that was always the case where you were getting that weird fluid 
uh, 60 frames per second kind yeah. of look on the TVs. I haven't seen that too much recently. But then again, I'm not watching TV over other people's houses that often. So I don't know. Hans, you're in you're in Costa Rica where yeah. people don't even notice when there's like exactly. fucking CG yeah, and what's not CG. What? How do people watch their TV programs? What is uh, 4K? We don't even know what that is. We don't even have. We just saw the CRT fees down there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I watch. I watch Avatar two in a CRT monitor on a fucking kitchen, t- a black and white kitchen TV. You know yeah. who doesn't? You know who uh, who can't tell the difference? We switched it back right before his eyes, and he he doesn't. Uh, Robbie Goodwin, oh, really? uh, real online boy, and I were in a hotel room with Robbie, and the TV was set to motion flow, and he was mm-hmm. like, "What are you guys talking about?" And we tried to show him the difference, and he had to, he's like, I don't see the difference. I, I completely baffled. I was like, how the fuck do you not see that? Uh, that might be something we pull the next time he comes on this show, then, is is we're going to do a side-by-side <laughs> comparison ready for him, just to out him. Oh, man. Yeah. What is his new podcast going to be? Third time's um, the charm, right? I, yeah, I think he and I are both taking a break from podcast. I'm leaving Los Angeles, so I know he wants to take a break. I think we're both going to try to focus on like stand-up and acting for a little bit. But I don't know. We talked about maybe doing one together, but I'd have to live in New York, and I don't know if that's going to happen within the year. But I, I hope Robbie does another one. I hope so, too, because that that's, that seemed extremely abrupt, and that's how it read in the Instagram post. I just, Figs just jumping out on that. I don't know. Hopefully, I can't. Hopefully. I, 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 I don't want to. He, he could. You should ask him about that. But I don't want to talk out of out of turn on that. But yeah. Well, he was on the show before that happened. That I know. We're not gonna show. bring Robbie <laughs> back next episode just to be like, so hey, what happened with you and Figs? I don't know. Maybe we'll like bring two Dalton days in. before. What's yeah, Dalton like, doing? Uh, Dalton's him. doing. Somebody posted a clip of Dalton doing stand up. Oh. wherever he's living now he like i mean i think it's like a, a weird like dalton stalker but yeah a, a video of him doing stand-up surfaced oh good for him i can't wait to see him in mass state lottery coming this year <laughs> so that's what dalton's doing is mass state lottery uh I, well yeah hopefully hopefully all these guys land on their feet i have no doubt uh at least robbie will robbie definitely robbie definitely will <laughs> yeah um but yeah, that would be cool if you guys could get a podcast together or something. You should move in together, just be the odd couple. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> just see. Just a sitcom. <laughs> uh, all right, guys, I have to uh, get to my dinner here, so we're gonna wrap up the show on that note. I think I think that's about an hour and a half of recording. Um, I do want to bring both you and Robbie back for when we do Master Gardener, whenever yes. that winds up hitting theaters. I know Robbie's already seen the movie. Um, I don't know if it's been acquired by a distributor yet. I'm. I think it finally so. got bought. Wonderful. So hopefully it'll be just around the corner that that gets a theatrical screening. Uh, Nick, where would you like to direct people? Um, nowhere. My my podcast Doom Scroll is ending. Uh, so you can go listen to the last couple episodes of that. We've got a really nice series finale planned. Um, I'm trying to think. No, no projects in the works right now. I am in a commercial for TuneCore that's coming out, so you guys can watch that on February twenty eighth. Nice. Uh, what about that movie that you wrote? What's the what's oh, the deal uh, on that? that is we're waiting for somebody to fucking buy that movie. It's um, done though. Yeah, it's done. It's shot. Uh, we had our friends and family premiere. Um, yeah, that was fun making that. I'm working on another one that I like even more. Um, but yeah, both those I'll post about those when it comes out. Very sick. I, I'm looking forward to checking that out. Um, so stay tuned for that. Hans, you already know, H-word name on Twitter. Myself, Laura's Wonderbread, everywhere. 
except Facebook and Twitter, which is lower SWB. All right, that has been movies for this week. Thank you for listening.